This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Olu George Ministries presents Focus on Freedom Podcast. We're covering the face of the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God. Welcome to an encounter with timeless, transcendent, and triumphant truth. Here's your brother, friend, and messenger, Alu M. George. We have come sadly and, well, not so sadly, to the end of our meditation on the subject of divine healing. Healing is available for all, no matter their status of faith or lack thereof. Healing is available to all in the body of Christ, no matter the level of their faith. You know, we are not all on the same faith level. Some other, some people's faith are more developed than others. Some are less developed. But no matter who you are, saved or unsaved, spiritual babe, spiritual infant, spiritual toddler, spiritual teenager, spiritual young man, young adult, spiritual old man, no matter your growth. You know, all truth is parallel. Just like in the natural, we develop from infancy to adulthood. In the spirit, we develop from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. No matter your level of maturity, no matter your level of spirituality, healing is available for you. Twelve out of the 19 specific miracles of Jesus' healing the sick and providing miracles to the suffering, 12 out of the 19 recorded, he says to the recipient, your faith has done this. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has done this. But what about the seven? It means sinners were healed by Jesus without him requiring them to be healed. Let me read James chapter 5 verse 14. Is any sick amongst you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Now this is for the weak in faith. This is for the baby Christians. This is for the kindergarten Uh, Christians in the school of prayer. Mostly. I said mostly. Because even the most advanced of us will be in spaces where we'll need someone to pray for us. I remember when I I began to practice divine healing many, many years ago as a 21-year-old man. I went to the clinic and the clinic was going to charge me a huge chunk of my monthly income. I just couldn't have that. I couldn't take that because I had tasted of divine healing in, in, while I was in college, university. So I went back to my my company, like the disciples in, in Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4. After they had been beaten, they went back to their company. They prayed. The place shook. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They went out to preach. I went back to my company and I called three brothers. They sat me in a chair. They laid hands on me, rebuked whatever it is was troubling me, and I was instantly healed. That is what the Bible is talking about. This is not something that is practiced widely in the body of Christ. 
And why? Because many people have had bad experiences. They've prayed and they didn't get healed. Somebody they know had been prayed for and they didn't get healed. Somebody who was even a healing minister had died of some kind of sickness. So people have lost their confidence in the word of God. Let me say it one more time. Our confidence is not in man. Our confidence is not in anybody's story or history or testimony. Our faith continues to rest, to lean, and to reside in the inerrant word of God. Is there any sick amongst you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. The prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. You see, one of the things that the enemy uses against young believers is guilt. Is a shame that though they have been saved, they have they still made mistakes. They still yielded to their basic nature. But even personal sin is not a hindrance to healing. Because the Bible makes it clear, if this sickness came on account of sin, and there are sicknesses that come on account of sin, let me say this. All sicknesses come because of the presence of sin in the world. But some sicknesses come because of personal individual decisions to yield to the flesh and commit a sin. Here the Bible says, even that is not a reason to not get healed. And I, there's something also very interesting in this in this verse. In chapter 5, verse 15, James, that I, I just read, it says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Not heal the sick. Save the sick. So the sick needs salvation. Just like the sinner needs salvation. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. The Bible says, they that call upon the Lord shall be saved. This word translated save here is an old word, an archaic word, that means to deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve, to make well, and to make to do well. To make complete a whole. So the prayer of faith will heal, save, deliver, preserve, prosper, increase, enlarge, and complete. The interesting thing is that this word, save, or sozo in the Greek, is used for salvation across the New Testament. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. So now it is used specifically for healing. But in other places, it is used specifically for salvation. What can we conclude from this, therefore? We can conclude that healing for the sick bodies is an integral part of salvation. Healing for sick bodies 
is an integral part of the salvation that Jesus came to offer humanity. I'll give you an example. I've read this scripture so many times. And he shall bring forth his son, and they shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save Sozo. He shall sozo his people from their sins. The prayer of faith shall sozo the sick. Jesus shall sozo his people from their sins. Salvation from sickness, salvation from some sin are intertwined. Prayer of faith saves. It didn't say heal. It says saves the sick. Let's look at another example quickly. The prayer of faith saved the sick. The prayer of faith, Jesus saves sinners from their sins. The prayer of faith saves the sick. The prayer of faith saves sinners. Matthew 8.25, And Jesus' disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We perish. Lord, save us. The word save, sozo. I hope you are getting the, the handle of what I'm saying. Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is just, is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the salvation that Jesus brought to mankind is a comprehensive salvation. It's an all-encompassing salvation. Just like Paul says in the book of Ephesians that the wisdom of God is many-sided. The salvation of God is multifaceted, multi-sided. We're not just saved from the presence of sin. We are saved from the reality of the consequences of sin. We are saved from all everything that was not in the garden. There was no violence in the garden. We are redeemed from violence. We are redeemed from premature death. We are redeemed from depression. We are redeemed from inferiority. We are redeemed from schizophrenia. We are redeemed from mental feebleness and mental insanity. We are redeemed from the curse. Christ, according to Galatians 3, has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? Read Deuteronomy 28. From chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 14, you are blessed going out. You are blessed in the city. You are blessed in your, your, your body. Your, your basket is blessed. Your children are blessed. Everything you touch is blessed. But once you get to chapter 15, there's a switch. Verse 1 says, if you obey the word of the Lord, if you hack into his commandments, you'll be blessed like this. In your body, in your basket, in the fruit of your ground. God will open the windows of heaven and pour you out his treasure. But verse 15, if you refuse to obey, then you have this and you have that. And it's a litany of sicknesses, diseases, plagues, and contagion. And it crowns it in verse 56 from the King James Bible, which says, He will make your plague wonderful. God said to Israel, He will visit them, He will allow the enemy to visit them with wonderful plagues. That means mysterious plagues. 
apart from the fact there are people working assiduously right now in laboratories, creating bioweapons, creating, taking viruses that are, viruses that are like weak, like, um, like um, the flu virus, and then weaponizing them to kill people. There are scientists doing that right now. And they're going to be releasing that soon. 2020 was not a release of a, of a lethal virus. 2020 was a, was a, psychology, a military-level psychological operation, a global psychological operation, which has killed at least 30 million people so far. At least. But then the real things are coming. The real lethal viruses are coming, like Ebola. Ebola was not a joke. Ebola was nothing like what they call COVID-19. COVID-19 was high up. Ebola was a real thing. They've got those kinds of things. And they've been doing it forever. We just didn't know it. Which is the more reason why you and I need to depend. We need to learn how to depend on God as our healer. Depend on Jesus as our healer. Because if you and I cannot get our healing for headaches, when there is a worldwide release of Ebola into our water, Similar things into our air, race specific pathogens, pathogens that can be programmed to affect only black people or only white people or only certain ethnicities. What are we going to do then if all, all our faith and all our confidence is in medical science? And you know, nobody is trying to shame you for taking medication. Nobody is saying it's a sin to take medication or it's wrong to consult with a doctor. Nobody has said that. Nobody's saying that. I'm not making that point. I'm only trying to show you what's available. I'm only trying to show you what's ideal. I'm only trying to show you what I am reaching out for, what I am believing for, and I have tasted it. I know it's real. I know it exists. Now, let me bring this home finally from Isaiah 53. We didn't have a time to really read it through. Last time I was with my friend from the U.S., Brother Namdi Norum. So let's, let's revisit that. This is a scripture that Matthew quoted. It's always educational when you read a quote in the New Testament to go back to the Old Testament passage and read it in the original Hebrew. Because there, there might be some real nuances, some details that may be lost. Now, in Matthew, Matthew says, let's, let's just read Matthew to be on the safe side. And let us see exactly what Matthew says. And let's see where Matthew was quoting from. Verse 17. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Himself. Notice two things. He took our infirmities. He took it. And he bore our sicknesses. Now, the word infirmity here is the word asthenia. It means to be feeble in mind or body. It means to be frail. It means to be sick. It means to be diseased. So it is categorical. This is not talking about some spiritual or mental condition of sorrow and happiness. This is feebleness, sickness, frailty, weakness of body and mind. So it's talking about healings. Himself took our infirmities and bore 
our de- our sicknesses. That word sickness is the word nosos. It means a malady. It means disease. It means sickness. The, Matthew wasn't talking about emotional sickness only. He's talking about all of it. Physical sickness. Because that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus is healing people because Isaiah had written he will take their infirmities and carry their sicknesses. The word to take means to remove. The word to carry means to bear the weight of it. The weight of our sickness has been borne by Jesus. All we can legally have in the New Testament is symptoms. We're not legally permitted to be sick. In other words, remember what I said about truth last last week. Truth and facts. Symptoms are facts. But the truth is by his stripes I'm healed. So I can have the symptoms and I can still refuse to be sick. The problem with many Christians, they do not know the difference between symptoms and disease. So every symptom means they are sick. And then they quickly receive the symptoms. They nurse it. It grows. It matures into what it's never supposed to be. Let me give you an example. A headache can simply require one one tablet or panado. A headache can also mean brain tumor. So when you get the headache... What does that mean? It might just mean you sleep. It might mean to open your windows and let fresh air in. And it can mean brain aneurysm. It can mean brain cancer. But it's a symptom. Now, for those who are walking in the reality of the truth we've been teaching for all these months and all these weeks, they can have the symptom and reject the disease. They can feel the reality of the symptom and then turn around. And read it. Why? On what basis? Because Jesus has borne the weight of it. Just like he bore the weight of death. Just like he tasted death for all men. Jesus has carried sickness for all men. He has carried the weight of it off of them. Just for reminder, let me read it one more time. That it might be fulfilled. The only reason Jesus was healing the sick for those three and a half years. He was healing everybody from, from the lame to the maimed, to the blind, to the deaf, to the demon possessed. The reason he was doing that was because Isaiah prophesied it 800 years before Jesus came. He himself took our infirmities and bare our diseases. Now let's go back and read where that scripture comes from. Isaiah chapter 53. I'll read quite a few verses. 53, I begin from verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Those who believe the report of the Lord will see the hand of the Lord revealed. Those who believe the report of their senses will not see the hand of the Lord. Those who believe the report of a doctor will not see the hand of the Lord. Those who believe the propaganda of the pharmaceutical industry will not see the hand of the Lord. Verse 2, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness when we shall see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. The Muslim will never come to Jesus by looking at him on the cross intellectually. If they see him on the cross spiritually, if they see that for their sins he was hanging on that cross, then they come to Christ. But religiously speaking, Islam cannot fathom how a man of God or a child of God can be subjected to such humiliating death because they do not understand the gospel and the reality of sin, the ugliness of sin. 
There's no comeliness in him. If you saw him on the cross, you don't want to be associated with him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Jesus was a man of sorrows. He wasn't a sorrowful man, but he carried the, the, the weight of the sorrows of the world. He was acquainted with grief so he can deal with your depression. He can help you with your depression because he's acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Yes, it was God who struck him. It was God who smote him. It was God who afflicted him. But verse 5 tells us, But he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. And with his tribes you are healed. But Back up again to verse 4. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. That was what Matthew was quoting. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Matthew quoted that as he has borne our infirmities and carried our sicknesses. Is there a disconnect here? Not if you know the original language and the meaning. Just like there was no disconnect between the prayer of faith heals and Jesus saves from sin. The same thing. It's the same comprehensive, multifaceted salvation. Now let's look at the meaning of the word sorrows and griefs. Surely he has borne our sins. That means to extract it, to lift it up, to lift it up and away. But then it becomes interesting. The word griefs, the word translated griefs in Isaiah 53 verse 4 is a word that means malady, anxiety, calamity, disease, and grief. Do you realize you've been saved from anxiety and anxiety disorders? You are saved from it in the name of Yeshua. If you are dealing with anxieties and anxiety disorders, you are saved. And the word translated sorrows in Isaiah 53.4 is a word that means affliction, grief, pain, and sorrow. That is why he says he has saved us from our infirmities and carried our diseases. Whether it's a headache or a, a lost limb, he has carried our diseases. He has taken away our pain. We can have a divine exchange because there was really a divine exchange on that cross. When Jesus stood I mean, on that cross, said, it is finished. He's saying the price has been paid. Nobody has to remain a sinner. And if they don't remain sinners, they don't have to tolerate the consequences of sin. If uh, loneliness, for example, loneliness, something that afflicts many, many senior saints, senior, senior people, older people, it's only a longing for the tangible presence of God. That's what really is at the root of loneliness. 
What does it mean? Those who have been saved from sin have also been saved from loneliness. Should Christians be sick? No, they should not. Are Christians sick? Yes, they are. But it takes faith. It takes belief. It takes a rugged commitment to truth, a rugged pursuit of what God has made available. It takes a decision like to, I mean, to say, I am the older brother of the prodigal son. All of this is mine, but I do not know it. The truth has not become my reality, but I will focus on the truth. I will cultivate the truth. I will fellowship with the truth. I will meditate on the truth until the truth becomes the fact. I will disregard the fact. I will look beyond the fact of my experiences and focus rather on the truth of God's revelation. And when that revelation comes alive in my spirit, it will alter my facts. Lord Jesus Christ, seal revelation in the hearts of my hearers. I pray for everyone who will listen to this broadcast today and anytime in the future. They will have an encounter with Jesus Christ, the healer of sick and broken bodies. They will know him for a fact. In the name of Jesus, I pray for every sinner that listens to this. Holy Spirit, convict them of their sin, of their righteousness, and of their judgment. If you are not saved, fall on your knees and ask Jesus to save you right now. You don't have to pray very colorful and flowery. Just ask him to save you. He will, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Focus on Freedom Podcast. For more information, please visit olugeorgeministries.global or send a WhatsApp inquiry to plus 2781-300-6633. Also, like, subscribe, and share our content on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. See you next time. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.